Welcome to the Journey of Ruth podcast. My name is Courtney Lohman. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're enjoying the Journey of Ruth podcast every week, let me invite you to join our Inside Circle. For only $5 a month, you can become a Journey of Ruth patron at patreon.com slash journeyofruth. Our patrons have direct access to myself. They can offer podcast ideas, and I ask for their input on interview questions. I would love for you to join our community at Patreon this week and let your voice be heard. I did want to make a note right up front here about the changes that we made to the podcast starting this week. The podcast will be coming out every other week instead of every week, so there won't be another one for another two weeks, and each podcast will be released now on Tuesday instead of Mondays. So with that, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, as many of you know, I had the great opportunity to go to Dallas recently to attend the IF Gathering Conference, and it was so amazing. It was encouraging to be in a room of 3,000 other women that were there to worship God and be inspired to disciple a generation. They took the conference in a little bit different direction this year, and they had every speaker focus on a portion of Romans 8. They kind of shared with us the instructions that that chapter holds for us as followers of Christ. One thing I found really impactful was the question that the creator and visionary of the If Gathering started the nonprofit with. And that question was, if God is real, then what? Because if God is real and what it says in the Bible is really true, then doesn't that change every part of our life? Doesn't that change the way that we act towards our spouse? Doesn't that change the way that we're going to respond when that coworker comes at us? Doesn't that change the way that we're going to have our eyes looking for a girlfriend and a boyfriend, a future spouse? I mean, it really just changes every area. And so Joe Saxton was the person who spoke on Saturday morning, and her section was verses 14 through 17 of chapter 8 of Romans. And that section talks about how we are adopted as sons and daughters of Christ. She gave a really interesting recap of the idea of slavery and adoption during biblical times. So if a landowner did not have an heir, then they would take one of their slaves and adopt them And immediately that slave would become the heir to their fortune, and they would also be treated as a son. There wasn't like a process. It was immediately that slave was now considered the son of the landowner. And that came with certain freedoms and perks, (laughs) right, Uh, to be promoted from slave to son. And this same idea applies to us as followers of Christ, that as soon as you choose to start a relationship with Jesus Christ, accepting him as Lord of your life, you are immediately adopted into the family of Christ as a son or daughter. There isn't a process. There isn't um, an application, (laughs) right? It's an immediate thing. With that comes the freedoms and the perks of being a daughter of Christ. One of the things that Joe Saxton encouraged us to think about are the attitudes or the behaviors that hold you captive in your daily life. 
the things that hold you back, the things that shackle you. This could be comparison to others, comparison to the images that they project on social media. It could be anger. It could be fear, loneliness, um, worry or anxiety. It could be control, needing to have control of the situation. These are all things that we are free from as sons and daughters of Christ. And you've probably heard that before. Like, we are not to worry because, you know, cast all your fears on God. But, I mean, we know that we've heard that before. But here's the deal. What I haven't realized before this weekend is that we have to choose every day to accept those freedoms. We know that we don't need to worry, and we know that God is in control. But before our feet hit the ground, we're worried about what we're going to make for dinner, if we're going to get to work on time, are we going to impress the boss with this latest project, and are our kids going to succeed in school that day? All before our feet even hit the ground. And what I'm realizing is that I don't keep these freedoms in my mind on a daily basis, but I really need to. Because with two kids, even my most well-meaning plans get interrupted and knocked off track, right? It really doesn't help that I'm rarely on time if left to my own devices. <laughs> my husband is probably so proud of me for admitting this in public. The first way to get over a problem is to admit that you have a problem, right? I'm not good at being on time. <laughs> but for some reason, I'm okay if I make myself late. But I am so frustrated when a kid is the cause of our lateness. Well, then I think, okay, we go back to that control piece. If they're causing us to be late, then I no longer feel in control, which makes me feel anxious because now we're not going to get where we're going at a reasonable time. And that makes me angry at that child. And then my words don't match how much I love them. And then the icing on the top of the cake is that I'm frustrated once we get there because everyone else managed to get there looking calm and relaxed. So what's wrong with me? Crazy spiral, right? And I know we've all been there. <laughs> just out of control. And each of these attitudes, each of these mindsets, which hold us captive, they just lead one to the other. Unless we can realize that we are free. Unless we can claim that and say, okay, I am really frustrated, but I am not going to choose anger right now. I am going to be okay with the fact that things are not working out the way that I thought they would. And I'm going to release that anxiety and I'm going to figure out a new way of getting to where we need to go today, even though it looks nothing like what I thought it would. So we know these things that enslave us no longer have control over us. But just like in my story, if I'm not careful, I hand them control. I give back the control. And this is what shocks me so much about our freedom that we receive as heirs of Christ. It's a freedom that we have forever, but it's one that we have to choose every day. And yet so many times I choose to step out of freedom and into the chains because I can't let God have control of the things that feel uncontrollable in my life. And maybe you're exactly the same. I mean, why do we choose chains over freedom? 
Over and over again, I see people choosing anger instead of choosing forgiveness and reconciliation. When you throw out that Facebook blast about that person who said that thing, that's you choosing anger and throwing it out on Facebook. Believe me, that is not healing, right? I see people anxious because their life isn't working out the way they thought it would. And because of that, their life is in a constant state of stress. And one of them that absolutely breaks my heart is when I see these teenagers and these college students making poor choices regarding their bodies, their relationships, their finances, because they want so terribly to match up to the picture they saw of someone else on Instagram or someone else that they know around them and they think they need to look or be like that person. And if they aren't, if they don't measure up to that picture, then their value, their self-worth goes down the drain. So I started thinking, how do we choose freedom? If we find freedom in our relationship with Christ, how do we choose that freedom on a daily basis? And I'm convinced that it starts in prayer. Prayer against the enemy, prayer for direction, and prayer for contentment. And so I tried it. This morning, before I woke up, I laid in bed and I spent a little time praying. And sure, it took away a couple of minutes from my normal morning routine, but I honestly feel like it was worth it. I feel like I put my feet on the ground and I approached the rest of my morning in a much better attitude. In fact, my husband said, oh, well, you seem happy today. I mean, I, I think I'm a particularly happy person. <laughs> he said, well, maybe not recently. Okay. So one day, that's all it took, and my husband noticed a marked difference in my attitude and my approach to things this morning. So what does that prayer look like? So I think the first thing we need to pray is that God would protect us from the spiritual attack that Satan is throwing our way. Because if you know that anger is not where your mind is supposed to be, if you know that you are not supposed to be anxious, then where are those thoughts coming from? Well, they're coming from Satan. And he's trying to keep you in a place where you are ineffective for the kingdom of God. How do we protect against those? Well, one of the things that the Bible talks about is in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. It talks about the armor of God. And it actually describes the pieces of the armor of God. And you've probably, if you are a Sunday school kid, if you grew up in church, then you probably remember that Sunday where your Sunday school teacher came and they had on like the plastic armor, like the Roman centurion armor, and they had a helmet on with a piece of paper that said salvation taped to it, right? And then they had a plastic sword and it said of the spirit on it. <laughs> and, and so I think it's a good, you know, a good illustration, especially for kids. They get it. They're like, oh, right. Armor. That makes so much sense. But then sometimes we kind of set that story aside and we leave it in Sunday school. But the truth is we need it as adults. I don't know, maybe more than we do as kids. I don't really know. But one of the things that we can do when we start out our morning is to actually 
pick up every piece of that armor and pray it on. Pray on the helmet of salvation. Pray on the shoes of peace. Do we storm about our house in anger and anxiety, causing ruckus in our house? Or do we go through our life with shoes of peace? Putting on the helmet of salvation, our thoughts control so much of our attitude and the way that we respond to others. So when we're putting on the helmet of salvation, that is protecting our thoughts. And when those bad thoughts do come in, we have our sword, which is the sword of the spirit. And and that is the word of God. It goes and kind of brings to mind when Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the desert for 40 days. How did Jesus defend against the devil? With scripture, every time Satan would say, throw yourself off this building, the angels will save you, Jesus responds with scripture every single time. So if Jesus responded with scripture to fight against Satan, then we can use scripture as the sword of the spirit to fight against the attacks that come our way. When that anxiety comes, we can say, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And those can become our weapons against Satan. So that's the first thing. Pray on the armor of God. The second thing that I would pray for is that God would direct your mind and heart and shape your desires towards his plan for your life. Sometimes I find that the desire for my life is not actually what's best for me. Anyone else? (laughs) I'll set myself in one direction. Life goes totally different than I expect. And in the end, I find out that the new direction is so much better than I thought. I mean, if you listen to my last uh, solo episode in January, I talked about our last year. That is not the direction we thought we were going. But here, now that we are in 2020, we're seeing some of the beauty of the direction that God has brought us. We're not totally out of the woods but he, I mean, he truly has a plan. And Proverbs 16, 9 is a verse that I cling to, which says the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So I can plan as much as I want, but the Lord is going to be the one that put, takes me in the direction that I need to go. And so pray that God would kind of shape your heart and your mind in the direction that he wants you to go. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So if he is able to do more than my human brain could ever imagine, then why would I only pray for what I want done? Why not pray that God would do Whatever he wants in my life, because you know it's so much better than whatever you could plan. And third, pray for contentment to be right where you're at. And that's a hard one. Because getting to where God wants us to be, getting to our goals and our dreams, it's a process, guys. And it's really easy to have envy when you look at someone that's a couple steps ahead of you. And I'm not saying that I don't want you to be praying for what is coming next. I do. I want you to pray and ask God for the desires of your heart. I want you to ask him 
for that next promotion. I want you to ask him for that husband. I want you to ask him for that child. But what I don't want you to do is to let that seed of discontentment take root in your heart. Because when you let that seed take root, it grows. And then we start to enter into those mindsets that hold us captive. Discontentment leads to comparing yourself to others, which leads to anxiety, which leads to anger. And then we find ourselves on another crazy hamster wheel. So once we choose this freedom that God is offering, I really feel like we step into a more peaceful and fulfilling life. I'm not saying that you're stepping into a happier, richer life. I just don't do the prosperity gospel thing. Last year, guys, we were right in the center of God's will, but I did not feel happy and I did not feel richer. (laughs) That is for sure. But I do believe that you are never more content and at peace than when you're right in the center of God's will for your life. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe that means that you are a nurse And that means that you work really long hours for three or four days a week, and then you get the other three or four days a week at home with your family. Maybe that means you're a stay-at-home mom, and you're breaking up countless fights and dealing with hangry children all day. How many times does one child need to eat? At least five or six times, right? (laughs) Maybe that means you're single, and you're working in your dream job, and then you get to go home, and you're greeted by your favorite puppy who's at home waiting for you. I don't know what God's plan for you is, but he does. And if you're seeking that plan, he will direct you there. So as we look towards tomorrow, my encouragement to you guys is don't choose the chains. Choose freedom. Start each day praying on the armor of God and preparing for that spiritual battle. Ask God to reveal his plans for your life and to shape your dreams and your mindset in the direction that he wants to go. And ask him to help you remain content as he works that plan out in your life. I promise if you begin your days with prayer and choose freedom every day, your life will begin to look different. I don't know how, but it'll look different. I want to end today's podcast by reading Romans 8, verses 12 through 17 from the message as a reminder of what we have been adopted to as children of God. So don't you see we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, What's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are, Father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. I hope you all are encouraged today and will work to start your day a little differently than you have been.
Thank you all for listening today. If you loved what you heard, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Nowadays, there are so many podcasts to choose from, and your review will help other people know why you love to listen to The Journey of Ruth each week and why they should tune in. Remember to consider being a patron of the podcast over at patreon.com slash journeyofruth for only $5 a month. This is your chance to be a greater part of our podcast community. I'd love for you guys to visit me over on Instagram and Facebook at Journey of Ruth or on our website at journeyofruthpodcast.com. The website is the perfect place to find older episodes of the podcast or request that I come speak to your group. I hope you all have a wonderful week and I'll see you Tuesday in two weeks here on the Journey of Ruth podcast.